today, I've uh, got a question for you to start with. Who is ready for spring? Are you ready for spring? Okay. All right. Yeah, I am too. You know, if the person next to you didn't raise their hand, you might want to talk with them later about that. They got, they got some issues there, I think. But uh, hey, you know, a lot of us are ready for spring because this has been a brutal winter, hasn't it? I mean, um, Tim was talking about it at the beginning of the service here today where, uh, you know, we've just really been through a lot together here this winter. I want to print up some t-shirts. I survived the Michigan winter of 2013-2014. Uh, it's, been, it's been a challenge. And uh, toward the end of the winter, you know, I've just kind of sensed where a lot of people were just kind of getting weary, you know, into March and winter was just kind of hanging on. And we're ready for, for spring now. And, and we're supposed to, you know, there's the promise of warmer temperatures this week. We see the sunshine this morning. Um, you know, it's, it's just a great, great time of the year, really, uh, as God provides for us a solution to that weariness through the seasons. Now, you know, as people, as human beings, we're going to experience various periods of time in our life where there's periods of weariness. There's periods where we need rest, we need renewal. But God has provided the solution to that as well. You know, those things can come from a variety of places, a variety of sources. found uh, this thing the other day where it showed that uh, the peasants in the Middle Ages, okay, <coughs> experienced more time off than workers do today. Great news, huh? You know, um, we, we live in a time that is um, overstressed, overworked, uh, maxed out, and timed out, really. And we need uh, the solution to that. Well, the good news is that God sees our condition, and He's responded. He's responded and provided a solution. Now, this condition that we experience in this life is something that we can call almost renewed, uh, and it ties in with our message series here of Almost Human. If you've uh, kind of plugged into things midstream with our message series, you might wonder what in the world this thing is all about. And really, what, it, what it's about is that it goes back to the beginning, the very beginning in the Garden of Eden, when God created us to be fully human. He created us with certain plans in mind, certain designs in mind. We were created for paradise, but something else entered in, sin entered into the picture, and with sin came uh, this life that really is something that is not quite fully what God planned it to be for us. Jesus came to bring us the fullness of life. The question is, how do we experience that fullness of life? How do we experience that paradise again? Well, the answer to that, God has provided, and it comes in this one who is both fully God and fully human. And through him, we can discover what it means to be fully human. Now, uh, for the uh, disciples in Jesus, they were also people who needed to experience renewal. So one day, Jesus and his disciples were walking through some grain fields. Now, in those days, when uh, people wanted to get from one village to another, they could possibly walk on roads, but oftentimes there would be no roads from one village to another. They would need to walk on these paths between villages. And the paths would go through uh, the grain fields of the farmers in the area. So Jesus and his disciples were walking to another village. And on the way, the disciples became hungry. So they reached down and they began to harvest some of the grain that was in the grain fields and eat it, which shouldn't be a problem, although in our modern ears and eyes, maybe we were picturing Farmer Brown coming out with his shotgun and, you know, wanting to uh, get rid of these trespassers who are eating his crops. But in those days, this was actually something that was legal to do. 
Uh, right in the law, what, the, what was prescribed is that people who were farmers, people who were landholders, uh, were, were prescribed to, to leave the edges of their field unharvested so that people could come along and they could eat from the grain field. That way, the poor, the, uh, the people who were travelers, people who were aliens in the land, they wouldn't starve to death. They would have something to eat. They were provided for. So the disciples were doing that. They were eating this as they walked. But the Pharisees, who were also with this entourage, who were walking through the grain fields, called Jesus on it. There's a problem here. Now, just to back up just a little bit first, before this happened, Jesus provided this particular teaching. He told people, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. And that resonated so well with the people that he began to get even more followers. Even the Pharisees became part of his followers because everybody needs that. God has seen our condition, and He's provided the solution. So the Pharisees were following along with the disciples, seeing them eat from the grain fields, and this was lawful for them to do except, as the Pharisees pointed out, on the Sabbath. He said, teacher, why are your disciples doing this on the Sabbath? This is something they shouldn't be doing. Well, the Pharisees didn't quite get it. They didn't quite understand what the Sabbath was all about. They thought they did because they read the law. But they missed something. They missed that the Sabbath is this thing that is God's good gift to us, that comes to us as a, really through the law, initially anyway, through the law, so that we might actually receive this good and gracious gift from God. And the good and gracious gift really is, is not ceasing or the cessation of work so much as it is leaning into God's grace and God's mercy and not depending so much on what it is that we do to make it through life, but instead depending upon what it is that He does. This is the way that God first presented it in Exodus chapter 20, verse 8, where He says this, "'Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy.'" Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your manservant or maidservant, nor your animals, nor the alien within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, but He rested on the seventh day. Therefore the the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. God knows that everyone from the most privileged person in society down to the lowliest servant to the, uh, uh, even the animals among us need rest. You know, um, in, in Scripture, it even talks about it this way, that, that the land, the land is commanded to have a Sabbath. Now, I grew up in the city, so, you know, I've got to kind of speak out of school about this. I don't really know this subject well. But I've hung around, you know, with farmers and farm country and things like that enough to see that there's some truth to this, that if land does not get rest, it is less productive than it otherwise would be. So that God commands that even the land get rest. And when I read that, I thought, you know, who am I to think that if the land needs rest, then I don't? You know, well, God has seen our condition, and He's provided the solution. Well, I've talked here about this uh, tile job, you know, that I got going on at my house these days. And, um, of course, I'm not a professional tile guy. I mean, I'm just kind of learning as I go here. 
And I did the countertop first, and that was great, wonderful, because there was no destruction involved. You know, but now I had to move on to the rest of the bathroom. And God has blessed us with a large bathroom. I keep telling myself that. As I'm doing this, you know, what happens is that the first step is that i got to remove the tile that's there first. So um, I, I got into this thing, and the only one and only other time when I've removed tile, that thing was a breeze. That was a piece of cake. This is not. I mean, this stuff is suck, stuck into the cement so, so much that the cement is coming with it. And, uh, you know, in the, in the shower, I began with the walls in the shower with, uh, you know, a chisel and a hammer, you know, a little dink, 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 and you're trying to take this stuff off. And I removed two uh, walls in the shower in one whole day. And I said, man, there's got to be a better way than this. So I went out and I rented a jackhammer, okay, <laughs> a jackhammer with this two-and-a-half-foot bit on the end of this thing. And man, ho, oh, oh, ho, you know, this thing was going to be great because I could, you know, get the power tools going there and remove the, the tile in this place. And man, I was still just wiped out from this. I mean, this was just unbelievable work, incredible. And when, when I finished that day and I looked at this thing, I mean, I, I could have hung on to this, this uh, jackhammer overnight and paid, you know, the multiple day fee and all this kind of stuff and just kept working through the night, except my body wouldn't let me. I mean, I just couldn't do it. used to be, you know, once upon a time, I uh, took a week off and, and built a wraparound deck around this mountain home all by myself this, this week and uh, walked uphill both ways in the snow barefoot. I mean, it was incredible. But I can't do that anymore. So I stood back and looked at this bathroom, and it was like a bomb went off in this place. I thought, man, I wanted to cry because I knew that I had to finish this job somehow. You know, and I really wanted to cry when I saw that I still had about 40% of the tile left to remove. So <clears throat> I, said, I said, man, I need a Sabbath. I need a Sabbath. You know, God has seen our condition, and He's provided the solution. The problem is most of us don't, don't use it. You know, we think we're better than the land. Just keep going and going and going. But God says, no, no, you need rest. You need renewal. You need that. The verb for the Sabbath actually uh, is something that uh, is described in this way. It says uh, to cease, to abstain, to desist from, to terminate, to be at an end. But only secondarily, actually, does it, does it imply rest. Rest is part of the Sabbath renewal. It's an important part but it's only part of the Sabbath renewal. And we need to go on beyond that, really. Uh, when the Sabbath was originally talked about, it was on the seventh day of the week. So in this definition of the Sabbath, uh, it, it was like uh, it was describing the last day, the termination of the week. And with that, people began to view it, and then within the law itself began to put in there the cessation of work. On, on the Sabbath. Now, for Christians, a lot of times people come to me and say, well, you know, why is it that Christians observe the Sabbath on the first day of the week and not the seventh day of the week? Well, here's the thing, is that initially with the early church, what happened was, was that uh, the Christians would worship in the synagogue on the seventh day of the week, as they had done, because they were good Jews initially. And then they would have their Christian worship on the first day of the week, on, on Sunday, you know, the first day of the week. 
But then they got kicked out of the, out of the synagogue, so they couldn't worship on that day anymore, but they still had their worship on the first day of the week, which was a good thing because on the first day of the week, they noted that uh, the first day of the week was the day in creation relating to creation because the seventh day was related to the day that God rested. But the first day in creation was the day when God created light. And Jesus was seen and still is seen as the light of the world come to shine in the darkness. So by worshiping on the first day of the week, they could point to Jesus. It was a Sabbath unto the Lord. And in addition to that, the first day of the week, of course, as we will celebrate here in a number of weeks, is the day when Jesus was raised from the dead. So every time that Christians would get together on, on the Sabbath, on a Sunday, we could uh, have a Sabbath to the Lord that was pointing to Him, who's the light of the world, come to shine in the darkness, and the one who's living, the one who is raised from the dead. And it becomes a Sabbath unto the Lord. But the Sabbath is something that uh, not only points to Him, but a Sabbath can be for a lot of reasons. It can be for a lot of reasons. A Sabbath, uh, for the people around Israel, ancient Israel, you know, they had Sabbaths too. For them, that Sabbath was something that uh, um, was a, had a particular special nature to it. The Babylonians had that day that they called Sabbatu which uh, they described it this way, that it was a day of quieting the heart. And I kind of like that definition, actually, of a Sabbath. Day of quieting the heart. Day of peace. But uh, for the Babylonians and the other people around Israel, well, they needed that kind of day of quieting the heart for a particular reason. Because they believed that the seventh day, and they, like the Jews, observed it on the seventh day, they believed that... The Sabbath was an evil day. It was a day of darkness, not light. It was a day when the evil spirits ruled things. It was like having Halloween without the candy once a week, you know. And uh, so on the Sabbath, they would look at that and say, you know, we better not work on the Sabbath because if we do, we're liable to upset some of these evil spirits. And that means that our, our labors will be unproductive and maybe even destructive anyway. For me, working on the bathroom, I probably would hit my thumb with a hammer or throw out my back, you know, in that kind of a mindset if I were to work on the Sabbath. But the Jews, um, the people of God, were called out people. So they were going to observe the Sabbath in a different way. Instead of the Sabbath being a day that was unto these evil spirits, the Sabbath was a day that was unto the Lord. And therefore, the Sabbath was a good day, not a day for uh, being sad or, or having a downcast spirit or something like that, but instead a day of joy, a day of joy unto the Lord, because this, this is, is the Lord's day. They were ones who were going to be observing it differently. We, too, I think, are in that same kind of a boat. We, uh, God's people are always a called-out people, which means we have a choice. We can either observe the Sabbath as a day to the Lord, in which case we can find that, full, that place of being fully renewed, or we can observe it as a day unto that which is not the Lord. Now, the vast majority of people observe it as a day unto that which is not the Lord. But we have that choice so that we can experience full renewal instead of almost renewal. Now, back to the Pharisees and, and Jesus and, the, and those grain fields. Jesus needed to respond to the Pharisees. All right, they caught his disciples in the act. They were working on the Sabbath. And uh, so he said to them, or he quoted to them from the Old Testament. And in the Old Testament, he quoted from uh, the story of David, 
King David before he became king, and he was traveling the countryside, running away from King Saul for his life, and he went to the tabernacle with his mighty men, and they were starving. So he went to the priest in the tabernacle and said, give us the 12 loaves of bread, the ones that are consecrated, the ones that are set aside just for the priest to eat, and give them to my men to eat so that they do not starve. And they did. And David was not condemned for doing it. And Scripture doesn't condemn him. The priest didn't condemn him. It was okay because David was, was known to be the anointed one. He was the anointed king. That's literally what Messiah means, is the anointed one. So Jesus really, in effect, is saying that one greater than David is here, and he is the anointed one. And the Sabbath really is not so much about not working as much as it is leaning into God and into God's mercy and tapping into that. And, and the priests were demonstrating the mercy of God to David's men. Then he, then he quoted from the Old Testament as well this inconsistency where uh, the Pharisees were saying that you shouldn't work on the Sabbath, and yet the priests were required to work on the Sabbath. Now, this is something I've always kind of wondered about as well. You know, pastors work on the Sabbath as well. And he's saying, you know, it's because it's about the mercy of God more so than it is about following certain laws and leaning into Him instead of trying to follow your own work. Sometimes uh, believers can uh, try to observe the Sabbath laws so much that they wind up working so hard trying to observe them that they miss the mercy of God. And that's what happened with the Pharisees is that they completely missed what the Sabbath was all about but not for us. Now, uh, in, in this case, it wasn't so much the, uh, the people uh, who were following Jesus who should have been condemned, but rather, rather it's, it's them who should have received God's mercy, which is what they were seeking. So Jesus said this, Matthew 12, I tell you that one greater than the temple is here, which had to have sent the Pharisees into a state of shock. If you had known what these words mean, I desire mercy, not sacrifice, you would not have condemned the innocent, for the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. On the Sabbath, that's an opportunity for us to depend upon God, lean into Him and into His mercy, and in that, find what full renewal is all about. Therefore, Jesus said these words before they walked in those grain fields, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Now, I was talking with this pastoral leader from another church, from another state, and uh, he was a young man who has a young family, young kids, and he was talking all about this great ministry that he's got and all these things going on uh, in this ministry and, and uh, about his kids and you know, the things that he does there and taking care of the kids. Man, anybody who's got young kids, man, you got, you got a load, Okay. Tons going on there and taking care of the house, taking care of a marriage. And in the midst of all this, I said, man, where do you find time for renewal? And he said, well, I try to live life in the margins. So margin, what, what, do, you, what do you mean by that? And he said, well, it's kind of like, you know, you've got a, a typewritten page, okay, or a page in a book where you've got all the black on the page. And that's kind of all the busyness of life. That's the noise of life. That's all that's going on in life. But around that is the white spaces. And the white spaces don't have any of that on there, and that's the margins. 
I got to thinking that this, this is like little pieces of the Sabbath throughout the week where we can experience this grace of God, this mercy of God throughout the week by living life in the margins. And in the margins, you can find times like you're driving down the road, for example, and um, maybe shut off the radio for a moment and just spend some time in prayer with the Lord, connecting with Him. Or maybe you stop and, and you smell the roses for a little bit. You just take, take a couple of minutes to do that, just to smell it and thank God for it. Or maybe, you know, like, uh, well, you know, there are various other times that you can find just, just that life in the margins. You know, after, after I'd, I'd worked so hard on, on uh, you know, that, that bathroom remodeling project, I said, man, I need that Sabbath. So what I did was, was I went and I got a massage. <laughs> and there, as I was laying on the massage table, I was thinking, man, thank you, Lord, for the margins. Thank you for that. And I was kind of tired after the, the last service, so I laid down on, um, on you know, this short couch with my feet on the chair out there in my office uh, for five minutes, laid, laid down there just for a couple of minutes, uh, just to try to close my eyes and try to enjoy the margins for just a moment, you know, between services. And then suddenly the door swung open and, and the fluorescent lights went on, and there was Tim standing in the doorway. <clears throat> And inexplicably, he was looking, he was looking for uh, a microphone. And inex- inexplicably, all of a sudden, the pipes, pipes burst. And No, <laughs> just kidding you on that last part. That, that didn't happen, okay? All right? <clears throat> but sometimes there's things that enter in, and, and it's tough to live life in God's Sabbath. So therefore, he sets aside this day out of the week, and we can come here, and we can plug into him. We can be renewed, recharged, and we can find rest in Him as we learn from Him. He has seen your condition, and He's provided the solution, and the solution is in Jesus Christ. Let's turn to Him. Amen.